0: Welcome to the Indigenous Approach, the official podcast of the First Special Forces Command, where we examine the role of the nation's premier partnered irregular warfare force from strategic value to culture and everything in between. Today, we're going to talk to Staff Sergeant Amanda Baker. She's a public affairs NCO in 528 Sustainment Brigade here in First Special Forces Command. So in case you didn't know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Staff Sergeant Baker is a uh, new mother. She's going to talk about motherhood, mental health awareness, and uh, doing the right thing so and seeking uh, help whenever you need it. So, without further ado, here's Sergeant Baker. This is U.S. Army Staff Sergeant Amanda Baker from the 528 Sustainment Brigade, Special Operations Airborne. And I'm a 46 Sierra Public Affairs Mass Communications Specialist. I'm married. My husband's name is Matt. And we have two little boys a two year old son, Owen, and a nine month old infant, Mason. And We live in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We moved here to Fort Bragg, I guess soon to be called Fort Liberty, about a year ago when I was pregnant with Mason, and I arrived as a sergeant in E5 with my promotable status. I made points last November. Then I was able to lock in a school date for Advanced Leadership Course or ALC at Fort Meade, Maryland for March of this year, 2023. So really what I'm here to talk about is... Achieving Sustainable Military Motherhood Through Behavioral Health. Now that you know a little bit about me, you know that I'm a mom, I'm a staff sergeant now in the U.S. Army, and I go to behavioral health. And I go there for many things that new moms experience. And you know, uh, Mother's Day coming up, it is the month of May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I thought it would be very appropriate to talk about my story. It's kind of taboo because I'm a public affairs mass communication specialist. It feels a little bizarre talking about my experience. I'm usually behind the camera, not really in front of it, or I'm interviewing and asking somebody else. So here I am talking about my story. But I hope what my story does is help other military moms out there, especially if you're a new mom or a new parent going through you know, depression, anxiety, feeling overwhelmed with how do you juggle this new lifestyle as being a parent and being in the military. It's really difficult. And I mean, I experienced things postpartum depression and anxiety, and it was just a struggle to adapt to the new family life while I'm also serving. Now, I want to say that the Army has done an amazing job with helping out service members, by extending a parental leave and offering resources to new parents. And that was phenomenal. That was like the night and day difference that I experienced between Owen, my first and Mason, my second when I was pregnant and I had Owen, that was 2020 and that was six weeks of maternity leave. When I had Mason it was 2022 and maternity leave extended to 12 weeks. So by the time I had to go back to work, three and a half, four months later after having him, I felt somewhat ready. And that was great. I'm very grateful for that, as well as the new resources that are out there for moms, especially breastfeeding moms. There's now way more breastfeeding rooms and nursing rooms available. So there's a lot more. There's a lot more for uh, specifically moms out there. However, the Army still has a long way to go to make improvements with reshaping the stigma of using behavioral health. And now, I have seen in social media groups and some chats recently that service members are still afraid of advancing their careers if they had gone to behavioral health. They were afraid that it might give them a negative rep and it might make them seem weak and there's something wrong with them, like they're crazy or going to a chaplain, going to their unit ministry team, whatever that may be, MFLAC, you know, anything that's even considered off the record is still some people are just, they get getting anxiety over that and how that would make them progress in their military career in any schools they want to go to. If they want to go green to gold, if they want to, you know, become a warrant officer, if they want to just improve their career in the military, they're still afraid of getting help. And that's not okay. So the stigma is still very much out there. We like to think that it's going away. We like to think that it's actually more normal to go to behavioral health. I hope that becomes the norm. I hope that you listening to this, you feel a little more at ease that you're not crazy, especially if you're a new mom and you're trying to figure out your lifestyle, balancing and juggling the military and being a new mom. So just don't ever think that seeking help is a failure. It is It is not. It is a sign of strength. And I personally experienced this on my drive actually to Fort Meade for ALC from Fayetteville um, in March of 2023. Now I want to back it up just a little bit. Right before I left for ALC in the beginning of March, my grandmother passed away. This was my last surviving grandmother. And I was just struggling emotionally after her passing. I I actually was very surprised. We were close, but not to the point where I thought I would break down. I mean, I had Mason about six months prior-ish, and I was already feeling, like, overwhelmed by that. And then on top of it, my grandmother passing, was just the tip of the eye, like, just the cherry on top of it. It really sent me into a dark place, that I was already in a dark place. So I knew that I, I remember driving and telling my husband, I need to pull off and I need to go get help. I need to go seek help now because heading into work, heading to formation, my palms were sweating, my hands were shaking. I had shortness of breath. I had all of these symptoms that I felt this is not okay. I can't keep moving forward like this. I probably won't be able to get through ALC like this. So I'm going to go and talk to a therapist at Behavioral Health. So I went there and I felt great, honestly. After I took myself there, I felt like this was something I needed to do for myself. Nobody else was going to do it for me. And that's hard. That that's a hard step within itself, recognizing that you need help and taking the initiative to go get it. That's that's already a hard accomplishment. But I'm gonna tell you right now, that was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. Thanks to my counselor, I used some mental exercises to ease my symptoms of anxiety, and a lot of it was grounding techniques. This worked for me. Something may work completely different for you if this is something that you're going through, but this exercise in particular forced me to focus on my senses. So sight, I saw the lines on the road ahead of me when I was driving, and touch, I felt the seat beneath me, and hearing, I heard the music on the radio. Taste, I tasted the water from my bottle, from my water bottle, and smell, I smelled the fresh cut grass from the fields as I drove by. And I really felt less stressed as I became more aware of my surroundings. I felt grounded. I felt re-energized, and the drive felt like a relaxing meditation. And I even started to enjoy the ride and realized the upside of going away. This is something that I can't believe I'm just now seeing as a new parent, how glorious it is to get this break from diaper changes, from constant laundry and endless annoying tunes from my toddler's iPad. It was something I, I realized, why am I now just feeling like this is a relaxing thing? This is something I should be enjoying way more. And also, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, she arrived to help my husband with the kids while I was gone to ALC. So I realized after using those techniques that I learned in behavioral health that I was going to be okay. And most importantly, the biggest concern was, was my family going to be okay without me for a short while? And it was only for a month. ALC, compared to other parents out there who have gone on a long deployment, I know. You're probably thinking, oh, that's cute, Sarn Baker. One month? Come on. Yeah, I, I know. One month, it can be a really short time in retrospect. But I, I did have a lot of anxiety going into it. I felt extreme sadness of leaving behind my husband. This was before and kind of still during while I was going to behavioral health. Like I felt really sad for leaving all of them. And it was my first time. That's the biggest thing. This was my first time away from my kids. And while I was driving, before I used those techniques, you know, my foot trembled pressing on the gas pedal. Like I said, all those things, those symptoms of nervousness and just not being home, and how I would perform during the course. Because in the army, we're always taught if you're going to go to an NCO academy, you better come back as honors. You better come back with distinguished leader, or something. Otherwise. Uh, that's that's also a hard thing that I realized if you go to a military school you're, you're gonna find a way to do the best that you can and that is what I did. No I, I didn't come back with honors but the fact that I was able to get there and come back and still feel proud of myself for what I accomplished and my family is doing well and that I'm sitting right here today telling you about it I'm proud I'm very proud. I, I wouldn't take anything back what I did um, to achieve that rank, this rank really to solidify my rank as a, an army staff sergeant. So that was a lot of people do think going to an NCO academy is a way to check the block. And I I saw it as okay. This can be both. This can be a way to check the block, but also I can work towards something that is going to help me progress in the public affairs realm. It's going to help me become a better NCO. It's going to help me build that confidence as a leader. And that is what it did. I came back and I went back to behavioral health to follow up with my therapist. And I was very excited to tell her all about it. I was excited to say, I am a leader. I had to go through that to remember that I'm not just a soldier. I'm not just blah, 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 blah. I'm a leader. And I have what it takes to progress in the military. And that's, that is that is a strength. That is something that I am so grateful for because without behavioral health, I wouldn't be able to accomplish what I did realizing that and going through those challenges. So I am living proof that behavioral health and counseling is a way to sustain goals and career progression while also being a parent. And it's important to look out for each other in the Army as we embark on this new life into motherhood, into fatherhood, But it's also important to recognize when we need help and to take initiative and to seek it out when we need it. Like I said, I mean, a lot of leaders, we're all there for each other. We're there for our soldiers. That's our job. But you as a person, you also need to look out for yourself. At the end of the day, that is what is most important. And so I want to circle back to before when I came to Fayetteville, when I came to Fort Bragg. Like I said, I arrived as a sergeant at Nephi with my promotable status. I made points last November. Then I was able to lock in that school date for ALC. And then I had our baby in July and was thankfully able to take that maternity leave, like I said. And I returned to the brigade and took over as the PAO in October. And that job, that has been rewarding and challenging. It's been a a whirlwind for sure. I had to adapt quickly to the new environment and pace of work. What was demanded of me, the different products I had to make, meetings to attend, all that comes with just having a new job, but also being the only one in the brigade. That's what every brigade public affairs person has a challenge with. Um, but the support of the 528 has been phenomenal, especially from the command teams on every echelon. So as I'm speaking now, I just want to thank them for all of their support and also thank First, Special Forces Command PAO for hosting me and bringing me in to do this podcast to talk about my story and my experience. Because regardless, I think at the end of the day, we're all, we're trying to get out of survival mode. We're trying to get into something that is just a little bit more thriving and a flow versus just balancing family and work life. And I was struggling and I still am. I'm not the greatest. At balancing both. But I can tell you that the help is out there. And I was very fortunate to get it because as a parent, we're living the life of dealing with a lot of kids being sick, trying to find daycare. We're struggling still. And I remember feeling right around the holidays when we visited family and family visited us, I started to experience anxiety around that time. You would think around the holidays when we're all coming together, And we are fortunate to have each other during the holidays that I would relax, that I would let my hair down, I would feel fine. But I was on the way to picking up my parents from the airport from Raleigh, from just Fayetteville. And I had my two boys with me and my husband was at home. And I thought, oh, it'd be great for the kids to see their grandparents when they land. And I took them with me. But on the road, trying to pick up my parents from the airport, My hands would shake and my palms would get sweaty. My heart would race. And I started to feel lightheaded and completely drained. And I was about, I'd say, 30 minutes on the road. I had a good mm, 30, 45 minutes still, at least, to get to the airport. So I was about halfway when I realized I can't do this. I had to pull off to the gas station like three times thinking, "Okay, maybe I need to go to the bathroom. Maybe I need to just take a breath, pull over and get back on the road. And each time I got back on the road, I felt it. And I realized this was a panic attack. This was anxiety of my family coming in, of all the pressures that come with it. Okay, is my house going to look nice for them? What are what are we going to cook for dinner? Do we need to go get groceries? How are we going to do all this? And that started to consume me on that drive to the point where I couldn't even move forward that I had to pull over and let them know when they land, take an Uber to me. And that was really like, I'm not proud of that moment at all. But I also am proud that I pulled over instead of keep driving with the two kids in the car because I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe bringing those kids with me when I was under those conditions. I was in no no state to be driving with them. And I recognized that. And so I also realized in that moment, I had lost a lot of sleep, you know, because the baby would be up for diaper changes and nighttime feedings. It was just really all starting to hit me at that point. And I had just gone back to work a couple months before I had picked up points. So I felt the pressure. I felt a lot of pressure to perform and be this role model and have it all figured out. And I think that may be a thing that society has done for, for moms in this modern age and even generations before. Generations before, moms have always felt this, that they have to do it all. And we are somehow superheroes. And maybe in a way we are. But I think I started to realize that I am human. I have limitations. I have limitations. I have boundaries. And I cannot do it all. So I had to give myself a little bit of grace. And that's when I needed to go to behavioral health. So that was something that really helped me to get back on the road safely. Once I I went to behavioral health, um, I, I had my dad drive us back to the house, by the way. Once they landed, they took an Uber over to us and we all got back safely. And then from there on until I felt safe enough to drive, like I just didn't get on the road. I was that afraid. But once I told myself where I was going and that I would just simply focus on getting there, then I was going to be okay. Now, that doesn't always work for everybody all the time. So if you need to call the military uh, 24-7 hotline, uh, behavioral health can give you that plus a whole bunch of other resources. So that's. Basically, my story in a nutshell. And when I went to ALC, like I said, I completed the training and demonstrated excellent qualities as a class leader. Um, I valued the friendships I made along the way. And I came home feeling confident in my abilities as a non-commissioned officer. Um, I came home rejuvenated and refreshed as a mom. That was also very important. And I wasn't as upset to go back to the diaper changes to do laundry Or listening to the annoying songs on my toddler's iPad. (laughs) I still had to kind of get used to the things that happened while I was gone. That was the difficult part. I think still kind of the hardest part for me now. I've been home for a couple weeks and getting back into the rhythm and the flow of things. And there's still things that the baby learned how to do while I was gone. And that can be hard. That can be hard for parents who are gone and they're not there. They're missing the birthdays. They're missing... All of those things, you know, babies learning how to crawl. And that's, that's hard. So I feel, I feel for parents out there. If you're there for longer, if you're away for longer and you have to resort to video chat for a long time, yeah, you're seeing all the things happen without you. And the most important thing to remind yourself in that moment is that they're going to be there when you get home and you're going to pick up where you left off, and everything is going to be just fine. It's going to be hard. But if your kid is being taken care of, all their basic needs are being met, this is the season of life that you're in. And you're doing it for your country. You're doing it for yourself, you know, and for your family. So it's the nature of the job is really difficult. And I I empathize. I empathize because we're not home all the time. That's a hard pill pill to swallow, you know. Uh, we want to be home. I want to be home all the time. My husband and I say if we can flip roles, we would in a heartbeat. We would love to switch. My husband is finishing his degree right now, so he's doing a lot of online school, and then soon we may. But I've got a couple more years on my contract, so I'll be in the army for a bit longer, at least. And who knows? I may do the full like 20. I may do more than 20 because at the end of the day, the Army is proud. The Army is proud to help its parents. And it's a great way to have job security. And of course, the, the insurance, TRICARE, you know, sometimes can be a headache to work with, but it is there. Um, the benefits kind of outweigh all of the heartache that we have to go through. And there is help, like I said. And I just want you to know that that is a place that you can go to if and when you do need it. Or if you see one of your subordinates need it, even if when you see one of your leaders need it. And it's just so important to check in on each other. And if you haven't today, if you haven't given your subordinate a call to check on them and you're not, you really don't know if they're okay, I empower you to do that. I had one of my, like the best leaders I've had would check on me, especially when I was pregnant. When I arrived and I was pregnant with Mason, I was out for a little bit because it was hard for me to, I was also a high risk uh, pregnancy. So it was, I was limited to certain amount of things that I could do. And so he did check on me. I'd say about, if he didn't see me a day or two, he'd call and he'd check on me because of the nature of my job. I have to be in and out and around everywhere. (laughs) So he would check on me and I would always feel reassured that, okay, somebody's looking out for me. I'm not here by myself. I'm not in it alone. And that's probably one of the worst places to be if you are feeling like you're alone. That That is where a lot of dark decisions and demons come out. And that is when you really need to make sure that you have all the tools to get through that To Fight those demons because they're invisible a lot of the time. You don't see them. And especially me, I'm a, I'm a person who will walk around with a smile on my face. A lot of people do who have gone through depression and anxiety. They will not let you know that they're going through it. Some people will, but you have to take that next step. Are you doing okay? Are you really? Like, really? Be honest. You know, sometimes in passing, it's like, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm good. All right. That's cool. You know, have a good day. Yeah, thanks. You too. Bye. That sort of thing that happens. It's normal. But if you do have subordinates under you, make sure you do check on them as not not to bug them or be like a helicopter leader. (laughs) Because I've been like a helicopter mom before. I've realized this about myself. But to just check on them and recognize when they need help. And take the initiative. If you need to take them to behavioral health or the hospital or a leader needs to, then I empower you to take that time. Take that time for your soldiers, for your sailors, for whoever you got, even on the civilian side. It's important to be there for each other because we all need it. We all need that extra hand. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Again, my name is Staff Sergeant Amanda Baker, and I really hope that this has been meaningful to you in some way, especially as a new parent. I hope you are well and seek out the help when you need it.